Hey everybody, this is Quandry. I just wanted to give a quick bit of context to this episode. This was recorded, as you'll probably hear a little bit later, on March 9th, 2020. So before kind of everything started falling apart with the pandemic and way before all of the protests. So if some of our stuff seems a little bit dated since the entire world has gone flipsy-turvy over the last three months, uh, that would be why. Um, we will still be recording new stuff and hopefully it'll be, a, it'll, it'll be a posted in a little bit more timely manner. Uh, but I just wanted to give you guys a heads up of why this was like this. Enjoy! Welcome to Size Matters Podcast, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Except they do matter because it indicates how big you are. Hi, I'm Kenson. Hi, Kenson. <laughs> Hi, Kenson. Hello. Hi, Kenson. Hi. <laughs> Hi, and I'm I'm Benny, and this is episode Hi, 30. Hi, Benny. Aww. Hi, Quandry. I'm, I'm your host, Quandry Bashir. Come Hi, on down, let's Quandry. have some fun. Yeah. I've been All right. Line. So it's been what two weeks since we recorded? Uh, two months, uh, two years. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> two decades. It it was last year. Two millennia. Yeah, it's been too long. It's That's, been way too long. It's all Kenson's fault. It, he ate the months. It's true. I got hungry. <laughs> well, I get I didn't really know. hungry. I got a it's, hunger it's, that only time can satisfy. In the background, we try and coordinate this, and it's been fun. It's been like, well, what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm out. What are you doing this weekend? I'm at a con. What are you doing this weekend? Mm-hmm. I've got a bit, you know, it's just a ton of things. I'm too busy having a, I'm eating some time. I can't make it. The space-time continuum. What, is, what, what does time taste like? Um, so. Oh, what does time taste like? I can't explain it in this dimension. So there's I can, no way. I, <laughs> is it like the sweetest meat? The meat of man? Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I, say I, yes. I, I've, I've actually described what time feels like once. You did? Sure. So if you imagine for just a brief moment that you have filled all of the universe. Mm-hmm. I, it's good imagination, right? Sounds like a Thursday, but okay. Yeah, exactly. So there's this wonderful equation that I'm going to totally make every scientist roll their eyes right now so bad that you can hear them that says that mass is energy is time. And uh-huh. you can convert between those things. Yes. Well, if you are all the mass, you have nowhere left to grow. So nice. you can bulge sideways, forward and backwards in time. Until you... eventually you fill every when. But I describe that as feeling like overtight clothing that you kind of have to bulge through it. You're, of course, you're hitting buttons, my guy. What yeah. happens when you fill every when, though? <laughs> Then you uh, go on it, to the it, other... If you fill everywhere and every when in this yes. specific story, it actually, yes. the universe sort of rebooted. It kicked you out into what was essentially the hangout of the gods and it basically said, you're a god now. Mm-hmm. We're going to reset your universe. You can go back and you control it now, but that's how you become a god. And that <laughs> is uh, how everything got 
made and put into a spot on my right paw. Hello, my name is Kenson Shimobi, Cheetah Overlord. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, it was it was a mental exercise for me to how far can you actually push it, right. and also at the same time, how do you build a universe that is resettable? Hey, Benny. Li- what? Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I personally, I'll be honest. The, everything I just described is my very obvious buttons. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out a way where I could reset things without having to shrink. Because yes. I personally don't care for that. You said the uh, S word. <laughs> I'm but, triggered. Uh, <laughs> I, I think of it as growing the other direction. Uh, yeah, and that right. way that's I don't right. feel as bad. <laughs> hey, Benny. So what? you know what else uh, is a good mental exercise combined with macro? Uh, our topic for today. Oh. Wait, what's our topic? We you like topic? my segue? Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, it's... I, I be- oh, go ahead. You announced it, so announce it, it again. It is the psychology behind uh, why we like big stuff and small stuff and shit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and say up front, n- none of us are psychologists. No. Uh, we- Speak for yourself. I'm fascinated man. in the really? topic. I'm fascinated Wait, yeah. in the topic. You're a psychologist? Yeah, I'm like Lucy from the Peanuts. I, you know, I have my uh, little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the doctor is in mm-hmm. sign. Dude, mm-hmm. that that would be so cute with a red panda. Okay, quick, <laughs> quick sideways run. Which kind yeah, of yeah. red panda are you? Since they announced there are multiples. What? I'm a big red panda. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, that's fair, but there's multiple. What? Yeah. I mean, so that's just like I, I, that's not like official or anything. It's just like there's a proposal out there that there's. Uh. Multiple species of red pandas. Okay. Well, there's only one species of red panda, and that is big. So, yes. That's true. Yeah. I, I'm going to resist the urge to call you the grizzly panda, which is, you know, the big one. <laughs> nice. No, those are, those are panda bears. Yes. The, the Kodiak panda. Mm. I love those guys. But they're yes, like, wrong kind of pandas. Good hug. They're very good huggers. Um, but, so, that aside. They tear up all your shirts, though. Uh, so, back to, psych- back I, to psychology. Yeah, I'm fascinated in psychology. I'm not a psychologist, obviously, but I have been um, fascinated about the topic for a long time. And, obviously, being a macro, that's also stuff that I think about. So, combining the two is actually really interesting. Like, what is the inner workings of the brain to make someone like that and different things like that? It's really neat when you think about it. Well, I guess we can first talk from our own personal kind of thoughts as far as how our... Because I think it's going to be different from different people. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I I do kind of somewhat feel that the three of us are (laughs) similar. Probably. Yeah. Um, Because we have similar tastes, so maybe we should have gotten someone else that... I don't know. From a different perspective. (laughs) Someday we'll have a guest again. An opposing point of view? (laughs) Yes. No! Like, like someone who is not up, like, I, I can't, no, we can't have an op- opposing, uh, opinion. We need to be 100% pro on this because I'm uncomfortable. Well, that's, that's <laughs> why, that's the way it was when we had Dragonian for those that's 10 true. or 12 week, uh, episodes. That's true. Wait, really? Not that, I mean, not that he's like opposite of growth, but he, he's the antagonist. You know, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> I was gonna kidding. say more than just like like he does. I think have a little bit different yeah. uh, viewpoint on things than than me mm-hmm. and at least me and Kenson and probably Benedict. Dragonian. It, I love you so much. <laughs> Sorry, I had to I get that dig I, in there. I don't think he listens. But yeah. actually, you know, it's a point. It's like uh, I, I would love to have someone that was a shrink person on the podcast. Huh, you would like to have a shrink who studies psychology. <sighs> 
All right, that's ah! this week's episode of Time. No. That was a good um, episode. Bye, everybody. All right, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be here all week. Oh my god! Actually, we won't uh, be here for another two months. No. Well, no so why do is... they call them? Why do they call psychologists shrinks? Because it's like to shrink your head, like but, to, to get like, inside your head, and I don't know. How can you get inside a shrunken head? Well, so it's I don't know. Actually, we should Google. So it's this. like a witch doctor where they sell you know shrunken heads and and they use them in their maybe. I thought, shrink, um, I thought shrink was beatnik slang. I have no idea. Honestly, I want to say that's that seems like it's before beatniks. <clears throat> but like, so back to the other um, sort of topic we were going to lead into, how it's different for everybody. Um, what exactly do you mean by that? Like, like different how? I guess you could say. Well, I mean, you know, some people get off on the idea of being dominant and having the. Um, True. You know, especially, I, I think there is a sort of element of people who are uh, diminutive in real life, um, mm-hmm. having that kind of feeling of being bigger uh, as a, you know, power trip. Mm-hmm. But there's also some people who that's not really uh, the, the appeal. Maybe the appeal is the transformation of growth and the um, sense of this, the change itself. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's, I don't think that you're going to find any one specific answer. There. True. I guess you could say there's kind of a um, a range, a gradient, a spectrum, or whatever of different things. And uh, But one of the most unique things that I found, um, it was kind of when I first was introduced to the Macro Macro fandom, like in real life, I went to my first con. Uh, it was Anthrocon back in 2012, I believe. And just looking around the room when I went to the Macro Meetup, I saw all of all of us, pretty much, you know, everyone who's been here, and I noticed that the people who were shorter were usually the macros, like you said, and the people who were taller were usually the micros. And I think we've said this on the show before, but that's a really interesting perspective, like the physical height someone has having an effect on how they take macro, micro, etc. But that's not a hard and fast rule. Either. No, 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 it's not. You know, yeah, Flam actually, is, is a macro and he's like taller than me. Yeah. Yeah, I was just sitting there thinking, I don't think any of us are short well, out of the three of us. Uh, Kenson is. I'm five foot seven. I really wish I could fix that, <laughs> honestly. Oh, okay. I would love to be six foot at least. Like, if I could change something about myself, that would be it. Um, well, within realistic yeah. terms. See, there's times when so I'm six four and there's times when I like being tall, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, Fitting in an airplane seat and sure. having, you know, getting in the tight uh, arena, basketball arena seats, or, right. you know, there's times when it would be not much nicer to be, you know, short, closer to six or below. True. Yeah. So typically. It's where, you, it's where having, I think for me, it's not so much the. That's why I kind of almost don't have a set size or even like a set um, preference. It's. It's the variability. It's mm-hmm. being able to. I, I think that's why uh, Anthrocon, when um, or maybe it was MFF, when one year when Gmo was handing out my hello my sizes stickers. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, I put one panda <laughs> because a panda is a unit of size that could that is unquantifiable. It could be any <laughs> size. Unquantifiable. Um, oh jeez. Oh boy. <laughs> so that's 
Yeah, so, you know, for me, I, I mean, and maybe it's because I'm also kind of a, a switch personality-wise as far as, like, That's I, right. I'm not so much dom or, or submissive. I'm, I can go either way, and I think that kind of factors into my size references, too. I mean, there's sometimes when right. it's nice to be big and sometimes when it's nice to see other people big. Right. Well, and I think some motivations that – I'm going to use the term motivation when we talk about when someone are into it for one thing or another. Uh, I think some motivations definitely it matters more than others. Like, okay, uh, the people who are into it for violence—that is, city destruction mm -hmm. or or sheer off the scale dominance of stuff—that yep. to them being the biggest really, 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 really matters. Mm -hmm. If you're into something like you like the transformative aspects, either growth or something like that, that's your motivation. Um, where you start and where you end up doesn't matter as much uh I, I like personally growth a lot yep. and because of that i notice i like a lot of stuff that people wouldn't qualify as macro like larger werewolf transformations oh no that's still definitely... I, I think that still counts okay so well, someone it, you, someone who says you guys, macro do, is, mm. you guys do but i've had people look at me oh that's not macro you know, you, because, okay but to an ant it is so it's all about perspective uh, <laughs> well, and also the, the motivations can be really off the scale different. Like, mm -hmm. let's face it, there are people that are in the macro because they like pause, and it's a uh, way to, I'm, get I'm to not go guilty. play on pause. I'm not guilty you know? of that at all. <laughs> and the the thing, one of the things I found interesting is when you ask people about what they really like, yeah, as opposed to something that they they conceptually like. And I'm gonna, I I hate that difference, but. Uh, I can ask some folks, and I like asking macros this, when I, you ask them, what are they into? You say, mm -hmm. what's your first memory of being into that? Yes. How early were you when yes. you noticed? I had a lot of fun. I ran into the guy, um, Andre, Can't Stop Growing, the guy that does the 3D animation. Love dragon. him. Yeah. Uh, absolute wonderful person. Mm -hmm. And uh, he too, like me, a lot of the folks I run into, very, very young age. They mm -hmm. remember this sort of stuff and thinking about it. Oh yeah, um, and so it's it's like, wow! I wonder. I really wonder if there's more to that or what. Um, just you know, okay. I, I can remember my stuff would have been preteen or mm -hmm. younger. How about for you two? So for me, um, <laughs> this might sound maybe a little extreme, but I remember being two or three years old and Ooh. seeing Godzilla for the first time made me feel funny. It was something as far back as three years old. I honestly can say that. Uh, I don't know what exactly happened. <laughs> um, I just remember seeing Godzilla for the first time and feeling that way. And then over time, it kind of became this thing that I'm like, what is this? I don't get this. And then I hit puberty and it's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> so it's been, a, it's been a part of me for a long, long time. So... When you said you hit puberty and you said, and, and um, you're like, oh, I get it. Was that because of... I understood its purpose. Like, I understood the way it made me feel and obviously what that translated into when I reached that point in time. I won't go into further detail. <laughs> do, you, do you feel, well, do you feel like it was similar to how you felt... Um, about, well, let, let me, let me ask you this. Have you ever, during puberty or, or after or whatever, mm -hmm. um, do you feel or have you felt, uh, I mean, cause we're talking really about sexuality here. Yep. Um, have you felt those kind of desires 
that aren't related to macro? Um, so like, like, like is macro so much a part of your sexuality that you can't think about sex without that being a part? Oh, uh, that's a good question. And it's not 100% I need it, but it is definitely, uh, the strongest factor in all of it. So, so to answer my question, I guess, like, cause I mean, you're, you're, you identify as heterosexual, correct? Well, bisexual. I don't yeah, know. I've been actually doing some soul searching. Um, okay. So I'm. I'm actually, but at least, at least, yeah. at least, when you were growing up, you identified as heterosexual. Maybe now yes. you, you feel a little. Yes. Um, so not to bust out open the closet for you. I'm, I know it's you fine. Need me to edit. <laughs> okay. Friends. Hey, I don't know if great. you need me to edit that out. Or not. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But, but when you felt, because this is something coming from someone who grew up kind of repressed, a repressed homosexual person yeah. probably is a little different um and i and I, I do want to tie this into to macro stuff later but did you do you feel that um your your non-macro desires towards girls was the same type of feelings that you felt towards just macro scenario situations in general like it made you feel the same way well so i didn't think about girls like at all <laughs> growing up um I was really awkward in school. Um, middle school and high school were some of the worst years of my life because I didn't have any friends because I was weird. Um, but I didn't really care about, you know, any romantic relationships at all because it was something that I was, um, like, I didn't understand people. So it was kind of my own little world, and I kind of ran to macro for a lot of things. And then okay. over time... Um, especially when I, uh, got out of college for the first time and my life really changed. Um, I started developing those things finally, and it kind of became a nice, healthy blend of the two. So for the longest time, the only thing that I really cared about in that perspective was macro stuff. And I was very so much during puberty. Thinking, so you're saying that during your puberty, puberty years, your puberty years, yes, that you only felt, or you almost exclusively felt yep. sexual desire for macro scenarios. Yeah, and it is. Uh, this is. Um, okay. I mean, we obviously are a mature podcast, but it wasn't even about like like sex. You know, it wasn't well, about. And, and I'm not trying to like make this tawdry or anything. I do want to. I, I think this is a big part of the psychology behind. Yeah. Uh, macro and micro desires. Mm -hmm. But like, so it wasn't about that so much. Literally, the only thing that I needed was like <laughs> stomping and pause and stuff like that, like that power and all that stuff. Because um, I didn't know anything else. I didn't. Is that, is that similar with you, Benny? For me, uh, yes and no. Um, where I would get into that is, uh, <clears throat> give me a second to go on a segue. There's a guy named... Uh, Dan Savage that writes a column called Savage Love. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. it's, a, mm -hmm. it's a good advice column. It usually focuses on a broad range of issues, to queer friendly, etc. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book called, I want to say it's called The Ring. It's about him getting married. And there's a section in there where he talks about dealing with a guy with kinks in person. And <laughs> he deals with them a lot. Yeah. And he does this wonderful, quick, succinct summary that uh, for some people, a kink is like icing on a cake. Right. It's something mm -hmm. nice to have, but it's not required. Yes. It can be played with, it can be mixed with, and it <clears> makes <throat> things better, but it's not required. For some people, however, that goes all the way to, it's only the kink. They can't not 
deal without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am definitely in the it's a nice to have thing. Uh, when I was very young uh, and and first, I guess it's not sexually active but sexually mature. Mm-hmm. The only thing I thought about was the kink because that's all I had. I was thinking about growth and transformation stuff back when I had no idea why. Yep. Uh, and that's all that, that focused on my attention. And then later, I ended up in a relationship and other things. And it's not required for things to happen at all. That's really uh, sweet. But, you know, it's there that's something I think about or I might write about or I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also not, while it can be sexually interesting to me, it's not exclusively. I, I actually mm-hmm. like the idea as a concept. And because I've explored it mentally, I like writing stuff other way. And it, uh, in some ways that makes me, a, a, to, to borrow from Quandary using mm-hmm. other references, a bit of a switch. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. mind conceptually tracing down other paths because I recognize I really enjoy this. So my concept is, well, what do you really like and how can I make that interesting for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I think in a lot of ways, writing and stuff is fun for that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great way to uh, kind of express that and bring it out. So, so that's... And I guess the that's reason... Me. What I, about you, Quan? Well, I was going to say, the reason I kind of brought up that topic that question was because i can recognize looking back on my childhood i can recognize like some interest in um macro and micro scenarios like you know i i, I definitely like the honey i shrunk the kids series and mm-hmm. um the growing episodes of like pinky in the brain and yep. yeah things like that but it wasn't i guess a dominant aspect of of my childhood and when i started feeling you know sexual desires in in my you know puberty years um it, it was kind of interesting because i guess as, as someone who is identified as and, and pretty much has always at least since identifying as anything has always identified as exclusively homosexual um i think that i kind of came to the, that conclusion kind of late because i was in a environment where that was frowned upon mm-hmm. um and so when i started feeling those feelings it was or i started i guess recognizing those feelings um it was the, the macro stuff wasn't really a part of it i can think of like some small things where like i could picture the guys i or imagine the guys i had crush on crushes on um you know, becoming more muscular and and larger and that kind of thing. But that wasn't like a dominant factor. It wasn't even until probably my 20s when I started like discovering this on the internet and Mm -hmm. realizing that it was something that definitely turned me on and maybe it was always there. um, But... I guess I just never really thought about it in that way or it never was something that I felt like I needed to seek out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and for me, like, I, you know, definitely I've been in relationships and with people that are, both the people that are into macro and people that aren't. Um, so it's not like, it's not a, like you were saying, uh, Benny, it's not the, the, the only thing or like the, the, end all be the, all. the dominant thing. Um, yeah. It's definitely become a bigger part uh, as I've explored it more, but it's not the end all be all. Um, and I think actually, I think that's a good point. Uh, there, there seems to be, or I, I would really be curious a professional psychologist's take on it. 
that if you hang around or you interact with folks that are of a particular kink, yep. that you start to adopt it over time or just, just out of change of interest and curiosity. Well, so I uh, think I think the interesting uh, part about that... Sorry to... to... Oh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, the interesting thing about that is yeah, that's true with a lot of interpersonal relationship communication things. If you're even slightly into something or share something with a common group of people and you are around those people and that aspect or that thing that you like is reinforced by them over time subconsciously and consciously it becomes stronger so very much so I, at least i would think so i would be interested to hear a psychologist like a professional's opinion too but 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 i think that has to also like you said there has to be something there already because yeah yeah there like, has i can to think be. I, I can think of an example for me for like, I am around a lot of people who are into war um, and I see war stuff on my timeline on Twitter and, 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 and Telegram, whatever. And I know you've got more into that. Um, oh gosh. Since, since I've known you. Oh my gosh. Uh, it, it hit me like a truck, honestly. But, <laughs> but for me, like I, I find war amusing. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I like, I, you know, I, I can joke about it and some pictures I can appreciate from a, aesthetic level as well as like if there is a size difference you know sometimes that can do stuff but it's definitely not something that i've ever felt any kind of um desire for or 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 sexual you know need towards or or anything like that it's 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 as much as i've hung around people that are into it it's not that it's not rubbed off on me i guess in that way yeah if you ain't got it from the start then I yeah, I, want, really I also wonder how much of what I see that seems people kind of progressing in, in their interest is mm-hmm. people using something for cover. That You'll see this occasionally in furry, that some guy, uh, guy, gal, I'm going to use guys that seems to be the prototypical example. Gal, gal. We'll say, we'll say <laughs> I'm totally into furry and I like that furry guy, but I'm not gay. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've seen that sentence on forums yeah. and stuff like that. Even to the point where I referenced Dan Savage earlier. Uh, he had a column at one point that basically said, I must get this letter every week. And it was a quote mm-hmm. of some guy saying that, you know, I like this character, but I'm not gay. And he basically wrote the guy back and said, yes, you are. Get over it. Well, uh, which he was kind of harsh <laughs> about it. I guess he yeah. just didn't want to get that letter anymore. But it's like you don't know what people are using as a blind because they mentally have to explore themselves. And it's like, well, OK, I'm, I'm not into this. I'm into this. Right. Well, and the, th- the thing about that. Sorry. Did you okay, sorry. I feel like I keep interrupting. Um, and the thing about that is people can be in denial about a lot of things sometimes. Um, like the more closed-minded you are, not trying to sound harsh, but if, if you are naturally more closed-minded to things, then perhaps you feel a certain way about something, but you don't know how to process it, or you don't think you want it, but it's there. And uh, if you're accepting of that because it is a part of yourself so as long as it's not something that is going to hurt your you know hurt anyone else or you know be negative or toxic then i honestly personally encourage it so i know i've seen that too and kind of that that's been me with a few things as well like vor was one of them because i was kind of like why do i like this and then it just i'm like it's a part of me okay so. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because we're not actually recording. This is an intervention with Quandra and myself to let you know that you really are into shrinking. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's not true. <laughs> okay, okay. Wait a minute. In the spirit of being open with ourselves and all that stuff, so this is about psychology. 
Shrinking is not a bad thing to me. I never said it was. I just prefer to yeah, be I've, big. Yeah, I've, I've seen plenty of art that would indicate. <laughs> Whoa! So oh, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. Surprise to me. So cool. Kinson is obviously mostly big. but Mostly. Well, yes. But I also very much enjoy the micro's perspective. So in that sense, I too am definitely a Switch. I don't like just one or the other. I definitely like having... A variety. And usually when I get art of Kenson, it's from a micro's perspective. Or, you know, Kenson and Hikari both, etc. And especially when it comes to Hikari, I kind of prefer to see her from the smaller perspective. Because she is amazing and beautiful. And when I draw her, usually it's from a micro's perspective. And so shrinking is not a bad thing. I know I play it off like, oh no, Big G will never be small. But no, I actually love love being tiny. So. Yeah, you know, and you say that, but from, from the macro-mental framework, it's interesting to hear you say that, because well, I have the same thought when I think about Sudir. But here's uh, the thing. My wife, that, that yeah, I conceptualize that as, mm-hmm. of course, of course she's the bigger one. Of Giant course, tests are they're better. Yes. Well, well it's, it's a factor of they're such, it's, it's a mental, I guess, putting on a pedestal is negative terms, but it's a mental no. form of I, I see so much in them. Yes, and it's, it's a way to essentially enhance your your perspective of them like because you because i love hikari tremendously like with all of my heart and the only thing i want to, to do is to show her off to the world and all that kind of stuff yeah and when you're you huge to, like that it, yeah you have to be careful though that, that it's understood that it's not uh, not i'm objectifying oh that's of course. what i was yeah, about yeah, yeah, to yeah. say i think at what point does it become yeah that's a very good caveat you are so much better than <laughs> me in the way I think you are mentally. It's, yes, it, it's, it's it's romantic to me. And yes, it, it can be, you know, pleasurable in other ways. But usually when I think about that, it is because I'm just deeply in love with her. And I, it's like romanticizing her and all that stuff. So but not at the same time, I think that those, I mean, I mean, drawing the line between romantic and sexual desire feelings is not a it's pretty thin clean it's not a clean chop it's something that you know it it can be part of the same and i think that's true of no matter what your um inclination is uh Mm -hmm. you you i don't want to say it's like it's okay to objectify but i think it's okay to um recognize the inherent sexuality and inherent beauty Mm -hmm. or whatever term you want to use there of your um of your partner or your romantic interest you know assuming it's mutual if it's if it's not mutual then it becomes a little weirder um i actually have a pretty uh pretty hard pill pretty big pill to swallow uh for for this topic specifically Let's get down to brass tacks. Um, so would you say that macro, micro, art, forms of expression, etc. is inherently objectifying? Because it is Ooh. showing off. It is becoming massive. It is becoming the center of attention. It is a stage. So does that mean that macrophilia is inherently objectifying go no no more so than any other form of pornography is um so if you're going to say that then then you would have to say that well any 
not any not G-rated furry art mm-hmm. is objectifying. And, right. I, and I don't think that's the case. You know, I think that sexuality is an inherent part of being human. Um, mm-hmm. And expressing that sexuality, as long as it's not literally hurting somebody, as long as it's not whether it's causing them Right, and obviously cons- or, consent also. Yeah, yeah, as long as it's consent. I mean, that, that's, I would tie that into consent hurting is somebody huge. from Just- a... From a mental standpoint, you know, with yes. physical or, or mental or, or, or uh, psychologically hurting somebody, right. then um, then I think I was going to say I think it's okay, but at the same time, I think there are some situations. It, it's it's like you said, the line is very thin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing is, the the cool part about macrophilia, microphilia, etc. To me, the way that I, I think about it, the way that I see it, it's like a beautiful blank canvas or it's like you know like a burger you can do whatever you want to it and it's still delicious within reason um it's 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 a sandbox i agree i don't think it's very objectifying or it doesn't have to be right however it make it however there is a tendency in that direction i mean you can go see uh i was looking at an artist's profile the other day i'm not going to bother to name them i was looking at the commission of and they said, I don't do this, this, or macro or other violent kinks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, just because there's a size difference doesn't mean it's necessarily a kink or that it's violent. But off the cuff, mm-hmm. they knew that there is a group of people that, I mean, that's either you want to say that's what people know of it or think of it, that are doing violent, domineering things. Oh, yeah. And, but I and think so, even that is not necessarily a bad thing. I can understand why someone would say, they don't want to do it. I don't particularly like writing <laughs> that violence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so I, I would say it's not necessarily inherently objectifying, but it certainly has the easy capacity for abuse yeah. of it, and that does happen. Yeah. But and I don't think that that doing art during violent art is necessarily abusive. Um, right. I think personality. I think there can be personalities, and sometimes like abusive personalities that kind of go along with mm-hmm. people that are into violence. Um, yeah. I've seen def- that happen more than occasionally, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's something to be concerned about. Yep. But there's also plenty of people who are the sweetest people you'll ever meet, yes. who are able and, and interested in drawing um, violent scenes and right. and writing violent stories, and it's just mm-hmm. a, an outlet. Just like you know, maybe there are some video gamers who play violent video games who are assholes mm-hmm. and you know they're going to be abusive personalities yes. but most of the people that play video games that play call of duty or play you know uh, whatever whatever violent video game you want to, to think about mm-hmm. are, are just fine people to be around now here's the thing also with violence and multimedia obviously that was a major topic and has been a major topic for a while this can kind of blend into that a little bit because you can ask just the basic question, and since we're talking about psychology, taking an objective approach or an, a top-down approach is the best way, removing yourself from the situation and looking at it objectively. Uh, why? Why do people, why do humans, why do we enjoy looking at things that are violent, that are uh, destructive, that are anything like that? Like, what is the reason? And I think the reason comes down into the breakdown of the mind uh, I think it's by Sigmund Freud, who did the id, the ego, and the superego. The id being the primitive, or the pr- not primitive, the primal nature that people have, the animalistic side, the 
instincts, etc. I think it kind of hits the id and the ego when you watch it, when you look at it, because it's like a, it's power. You're, you're watching power. You're watching something with a lot of power display it freely and to a lot of people that is attractive because people like being powerful in general not everybody but some form or, of power or some people is... like having that power displayed in others correct you know it can go either way correct. well yeah i mean that now you're just getting off into a discussion it's very easy of violence and fantasy of you know is is wrestling on TV ritualized battle? And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So well, I mean, you, you could stretch that to football or right, football, it's just like baseball, gladiators. and all kinds. Of, you know, are you going to play Grand Theft Auto and be a nice person? You know, there's there's a lot of interesting discussion in it. I always found personally when you get it back to macro, I always found very interesting that in early on in video games, you had things like Death Racer, uh, mm-hmm. which was immediately banned, even though it was kind of following what the movie did, which was a corny movie in its own right mm-hmm. it was a car where you would run people over and kill them that was the video game <laughs> yeah and and they pulled the video game because of the backlash and then yes. like four years later you have rampage mm-hmm. where in the context mm-hmm. of a giant beast attacking the city they pick up and eat graphically people mm-hmm. Yes. As graphic as could be at the time by the video games. And it's like, and there wasn't a peep. Never mind the other violence destroying anything else. Like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, monsters attack cities and destroy them. We watch those films all the time on Sunday afternoon where the, the voices are badly synced because they've been dubbed into English. You know, it's, I, I always found that interesting. Context really matters. And that's true in the macro community. Uh, the, the person that says, you know, I'm going to stomp on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on the context, when and how they say it, I might be wanting to drive to their house to hit them, or I might think it's the coolest thing in the world. Well, I wonder if that maybe makes a difference, because your example, as far as the video game goes, um, obviously no one's going to be able to go out there and turn into a 50-foot-tall wolf or, or gorilla or whatever, but you can get behind the car, and I can go down, you know, if I wanted to, if I was demented and I, and I really wanted to, I can go down and, and start running over people on the sidewalk just outside my street. Um, so I wonder if maybe the accessibility of what you're doing True. In, in what's depicted okay. that you're doing makes a difference. And maybe that's like if if being able to become macro was a more in real life, more attainable thing, then maybe we would look upon it as more of a dangerous kink. Yeah, but to, to, to move in the video game realm, I could move for a different example that would be more accessible. Uh, video games where I was the person shooting people uh, were unanimously complained about at that time and age. But so then they produced a game called Narc, where you were the cop oh my gosh, shooting Narc. people. And it was, <laughs> it was insanely more violent than any other game at the time. But because you were the cop doing it, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which again, context, but even though we right. have the violence. So, but I also just wanted to get a reference into Rampage because that was a cool game. <laughs> yeah, we I think we talk about Rampage at least once every couple episodes. Um, but the the cool part about all of all of that and like how humans process violent things and watching them and obviously enjoying them because you have action movies, you have giant monster movies, you have video games and all this stuff, and I think it's a good thing that we have these ways to express those primal tendencies. If you're looking at it from just a violent perspective, it's good that there's ways to process that, um, those, 
those things because they can even be desires at some point um because it's good that there's a a mental world that we can go to or something that's not real to go to to process those things ex express those things etc because not saying that all humans are violent but there are parts of every person that can very much relate with destruction can very much relate with violent acts and doing so in a in a, a beneficial way like playing a, a video game or watching a movie with destruction it's almost like it's not cathartic but it's similar <laughs> i'm not sure if that makes sense yeah i mean you know toddlers like to knock things over and make messes just right. for the joy of it there right. is the destroying things in a certain respect is yeah is and like kind of there's there's million, do it. there's hundreds of thousands of hours of video on youtube about people you know crushing stuff under car tires or blowing stuff up or etc so um but on the flip side of that macrophilia also uh, can be a lot of different things, and one of them, which is my personal favorite, like the number one, as much as is, I love stomping, as much as I love crushing, is Gigamaxing your Pokemon. Yes, <laughs> you got me. No, it's it's the gentle aspect. Like if I can stomp ah. someone lovingly, like Hikari, if I can crush them and not hurt them, but make them feel bliss, turn all of that pain and make it into pleasure. You know, that's me. That's what I'm about. Because I don't like hurting people. My, turning, the turning the tables is so fun. I also... Yeah. I, it's in the same vein. I really love just slice of life things. Like I, I just love um, being a giant kitty boyfriend slash husband and, you know, walking on my wife. <laughs> and having adorable size different interactions and all that stuff. That's what I enjoy drawing also the most. So. I don't know about you guys. Like, what's the number one thing for you guys? For likes, I already said that for me is easy as growth. Yeah. What about you, Quan? I mean, I like being able to um, control <laughs> others' growth. I guess, like. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. That's that's where the fantasies. There, especially. Do you prefer in, to do it anonymously? Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a good. Well, point. I, I think it, it's good either way. Uh, you know, I've I've definitely had. Whenever I have like a, a macro related dream, it's always that where, and they always end like right when it's getting to the good part. Of course, um, of course it does. I, I think that has some kind of like um, <coughs> physiological uh, cause of like getting excited and then that getting my heart pumped up and then mm -hmm. you know that that causing the rest of my body to wake up. But anywho, um, yeah, it's true. It's true. So I need to get myself into a coma. So no, um, <laughs> no quandary. Um, but yeah, I think that having that control, both in an anonymous way as well as a non-anonymous way, I think both scenarios are about equally as, mm -hmm. uh, been as, uh, attractive to me, yes. um, is probably the most interesting part because mm -hmm. it allows me to see the, see what I would like to see in art, see someone, you know looming over the, the the building or the city or the planet or whatever. Yep. And um, while still having some element of power, I guess, because I have the mm -hmm. power to yes. um, make it stop or to keep it going. That is a um, mood. That is a thick-ass yeah. mood. 
<laughs> like, I, I kind of, I, I've thought about this a lot. If, if, if I, would I be okay with giving someone else the power to change size, to grow mm-hmm. huge, and, and <laughs> just having them have the complete power and not have any um, control over it. And mm-hmm. there's part of that that's appealing, but at the same time, that is kind of a scary proposition because right. you know it's it's likely to, to cause physical you know harm to myself and, and to others, um, in in ways that that would be unintended. If you're thinking so, like realistic, for sure. Yeah, and that's a, I mean that's obviously going to change from like like having a, a momentary fantasy to to just kind of get get off or whatever mm-hmm. is going to be different than like long-term thinking and like thinking about art I want or or stories I want to write and things like that where it's more involved. Um, But I do think that, um, that, that, yeah, that to answer your question, that's the, probably the number one part for me. Okay. So we as people or we as creatures are very, very reliant on stimuli for everything we do. We are stimulant saturated creatures and our imaginations are a very, very amazing byproduct of that. We have learned to take sensations that we have felt or that we see, that we hear, touch, taste, smell, etc., and imagine them being enhanced in different ways, putting them into different situations. And that is extremely unique and is the reason why we have all of these creative things that we have in the world. Um, having that ability to imagine something in your mind and have it purely fantasy is one of my favorite things about existence really it is so nice being able to think about something in my brain and translate that somehow like into a drawing or into a story and something like that and just the fact that you can share how you feel about something especially with people who feel the same way about the general topic um is really comforting and for the longest time in my life I had no idea how to process how I felt about you know this kink this desire etc so I'm eternally grateful um, that you guys exist and that all of us do so that we can come together and just enjoy ourselves and express and do all kinds of awesome things and become amazing friends and basically uh, I just love you guys (laughs) that's what I'm trying to say I'm glad all of this is here. Oh, so I, I actually have a, a side question to ask now. We've talked a little bit about what motivates us and stuff, and, and the, the, I saw this go by on Twitter, and no one really latched onto it. Uh, and the question was basically: Is macro, mm-hmm. uh, macro micro, a p- basically male interest? Uh, because if you look at the meetups, you look at the art, you look at the artists, the mm-hmm. writers, mm-hmm. there's very, very few uh, females writing or yes. showing up. Mm-hmm. And I can actually, when I think of an artist who professes it as their interest, I, I only know of one female artist that does. Uh, and so it's like, is this is this a guy thing? Is, or, I've definitely uh, seen more than yes. one. Um, um, I think it might be, statistically, for sure. Um, I mean, the fandom as a whole is... Yeah. 
Well, even the, well, 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 the fandom as a whole is male. Yes, uh, that people talk about. Oh, it's male gay. But even at, outside of the furry fandom, the at the cons, yeah, at the cons, it's almost fifty-fifty gender at this point. We uh, in attendance. Now that means they don't yeah. feel like showing up at the panel, and that might just be because oh my god, it's a bunch of big guys waving their dicks around is what this they think <laughs> it is. Uh, there's a reputation oh for macro that basically you know hey I get that, mm -hmm. uh, but. It, it's like, are we less welcoming, or is this just not a kink that interests? I mean, if you go, the the tweet I saw go by actually referenced the the giantist fandom, mm -hmm. uh, which is if you go into the giantist fandom forums, they the generic generic human ones, they tend to be much more toxic. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. very much. It's like going into a bad Reddit. They're mm -hmm. very much toxic. Uh, and so I wonder if that's turning people off, or is it just happened to be a sex balance thing? I don't know. Well, so I did, at one point, uh, I did come upon a very interesting, I think it was an article I read. This was like over a decade ago. Um, but it has to do with, and this is not macro, but it is something very, very close, closely related to macro, and that is foot fetish. And the male brain, biologically, the way that it's created from birth, the pleasure center of the brain, what is meant for sexual desires, etc., is very, very close in proximity to the part of the brain that deals with um, the feet, like the nerve receptors that essentially connect to the brain for that. Um, and that's important, and I think that's one of the biggest biggest reasons why that there's a lot more males than females. So, well, I, I think also, you know, inherently macro is at least a large part a, a sexual um, aspect of the fandom, and biologically, men tend to be um, more driven by sexuality than than, than women do. Um, that's not going to be true with everyone, and there's obviously plenty of of male. Uh, people who are more asexual and plenty of females who, who are very much into the sexuality thing. But that, I think those are the tendencies. So when you have an aspect of the fandom where sexuality is a, is a part of it, is a large part of it, you know, no pun intended. But when that's the case, I, I, I think it makes more sense for them to be more people there who are, who, who identify as male. Um, and that being said, you know, I know there's plenty of, People who identify as female, or whether they are biologically female or not, um, that are definitely into macro, and maybe you don't see that as much at the cons. Um, but I think on, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to tell just from online because people could be portraying themselves as female and and, and not even identifying that way. Um, That's I a think good there point. Are, there, there are plenty of people out there like that who have female characters, but who me included. If you ask if you if you ask them straight up, they would identify personally as male um and there's plenty of people who, I, who it's the opposite too um you know i think there is also an element of uh because stereotypically giantesses inside or outside the fandom have been more uh, objectified oh maybe, yeah um for sure women don't feel as welcome mm -hmm. like you're saying benny um yeah. But I also just think that there's, you know, I guess I'm saying that there's multiple factors. So when it comes to, um, 
how macrophilia is portrayed to other fandoms or to other groups and communities, etc., it is true from an outside perspective that it can be viewed um, as very uh, objectifying heavy. And we know, at least in the furry fandom, that we do not do that. That's not the reason why we do that. And sure, there might be people that are, but the majority I, of I us... Think, I think there's a lot of... That is a lot of it. Well, I think there's also... But, a, but not just for females. I think I think it could go both ways. Well, right. But the, the majority of us, at least in the furry fandom, uh, definitely respect one another, and it's about consent. Um, not trying to bash on anyone outside the furry fandom, uh, but since macrophilia is about power, like, no matter which way you slice it, someone who is big or something that is big has power inherently there's no way around that and it's a manipulation of that power when you try to diversify it and make subdivisions and different things and different kinks from it um so the fact that it's essentially a a fetish about power there is a very 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 um small line where you can cross into objectifying of sure like we said but self-control and respecting everyone who's a part of the community etc and respecting people as people is how that stays balanced and how it remains a positive thing and not something that becomes toxic um and i think that there are people who let it go too far um that's going to be something that is just a matter of fact and yes it'd be nice to not have that but since it's such what kind of scenarios would you describe i don't want to name names but like what kind what? of scenarios would you identify as going too far? Going too far? Um, well, I guess you could say taking someone's actual real-life pictures or their character without permission and manipulating them or using them or objectifying them or even making comments that are very either misogynistic or very objectifying in nature or catcalling or something like that like you can be you can have class about things you can be respectful towards art towards you know pornography or whatever you don't have to immediately go into i guess degenerate mode (laughs) and there are people who do well i think that's more of just general that that's kind of talking about general behavior and not right like but like specific yeah scenarios that would take too far but like the stigma behind how macrophilia can have that type of effect, I think comes from those things, from those interactions. Because oh, yeah. people oh, yeah. who have like dipped their toe into the macro drawing world or something like that, and have had experiences where certain people kind of didn't mean to bully them out, but essentially did because they weren't very careful with their words, or people were just obviously trying to be douchebags about it because there's people like that too. Um... I I, I don't feel too bad about people showing up inexperienced because uh, the average age in the fandom is, I I guess it's in the low twenties, high nineteens kind of thing. Well, not like... And so, no, 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 let me finish. Uh, And so you're going to have a a constant stream of people who are new to these interactions, who are new to these feelings, who are showing up. Mm -hmm. And for, and for, uh, for the good, 
Furry has recognized, hey, we need to have these discussions again and again. We try to be open. We try to be welcoming. But you know, people go, oh, my God, I'm just so tired of furry drama. Guess what? <laughs> New 20-year-olds will show up every That's year. That's people drama also. <laughs> and there's going to be furry drama. And I'm glad that we've erred on the side of trying to teach people good. Now, there are some people who either via attitude or ability will not learn those social norms. Dealing with people's kinks, what they like, social reactions. This is complex stuff that they don't, you know, you don't learn that in the schoolyard at school, or at least I hope you didn't. And, you know, you have to learn how to deal with people that way. And so, I mean, the same thing happens when you come out as gay and you're first in the queer community or you're first sexually active in college if you're a boring cis-het guy like I am. You know, that's, you, you learn how to deal with that. And so that's always going to be going on. But yeah, there is definitely a group of people that, you know, I, I, how do I put it? There are some people who, uh, you know, it, online, you could greet them by dropping a paw on them because you know them well enough, you know what they like, yep. and you know what it would do to them. And like, it's like, oh, okay. And there are other people that if you yep. did that, would be incredibly offended. Like, who the hell are you? Mm-hmm. And so, or, or dropping other items on them or whatever. Yes. And that, that's uh, just about uh, communication and consent and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, so I think it really does come back to that. And, and, and a lot of that is just standard old, good old, mm-hmm. basic human sexual psychology and social psychology. Just be a decent person. It's not that Be nice hard. to people. <laughs> yes, please, <laughs> and, please. And, 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 and make sure that you get consent, mm-hmm. that you don't do things that make someone uncomfortable yes. unless they're telling you to do that, which... Yes. That is a whole other story. So, um, or unless they're Nazis, then throw them the fuck out of the family. <laughs> so that's actually uh, something, it's very interesting that we've gotten to this point in the conversation because Hikari and I have actually been doing a lot of talking because there have been things that have come about, uh, behaviors that I've had that have made her uncomfortable, and we've actually been talking about that lately. So the whole thing about consent and being honest with how you feel on every single side is obviously important. So yeah. moral of the story, children listening yeah. to this wonderful show. Please... And check in, check in with your partners and friends. Yes. Please be respectful, uh, responsible, communicate consent. It's for the better of everyone. So that's very important. And on that note, was there anything else you want to talk about in this area? Or can we move on? To... No, we, we can steer so, on to. <laughs> honestly, I could talk all day about this, but let's go on. <laughs> okay, so let's go on to March Madness or Macro Madness. <laughs> it is March. Macro oh. March Madness. Yes, Macro March Madness. Ah, By the way, yes. you must be at least this tall. I'm referencing my paw to my shoulder, roughly. Must be at least this tall to enter March. So You're putting your paw on your shoulder? What are you, a pretzel? Uh, no, I mean, like, I was using my hand paw to, like, love show oh. where my shoulder... W- Never mind. <laughs> so you must be at least have to explain it like that. It's no good. So on, okay. on our previous Fine. You episode. must you must at least be bigger than my toe to join <laughs> Macro March, which that is about a thousand feet. Continue. So in our previous episode, I remember our combatants were were they Smaug versus the Iron Giant. Ah uh, yes, and I thought the bad that boy would be versus a, the good yeah. boy. I thought well, it would be a close uh, battle. I thought they were both good. Oh no. um, really? Was was but, it a was it a stomp? Yeah. So so let me read some of the responses first. Okay. Um, from Rad Baron ninety nine said, "Iron Giant's main weapon is an antimatter blast. It's the shot that just goes by the USS Missouri and vaporizes the horizon." <laughs> so I think maybe they were thinking that Iron Giant would win. That's um, fair. That's fair. 
Real Saurian says, the Iron Giant is an alien-built war machine capable of surviving a direct hit with a nuclear weapon. Smog is an overgrown, fire-breathing lizard who was taken out by a single arrow. But he's Weak a good point one. or not, no contest, <laughs> Iron Giant wins. Fair. Wow. Um, wait a minute. Wait, that was Saurian, who is himself a scaly, right? Uh, I think so. Well, so... Uh, it, no. I, no, that's... Uh, different kind of Saurian. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, like, Saurian is dino, right? Or a mouse. Dino. This would be a mouse. Yeah. I think S-A-U-R implies This is S-O-R-I-U. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, I totally expected the dragon to be, like, the dragon to win. I'm loving these responses because they're using logic and fact. This is great. Continue. But uh, Asheroth says... Asheroth! Um, Sorry. I don't know what this competition is, but I vote for Smog <laughs> because he's Smog. And yeah, Sky, smog Draco, daddy, so. Sky Draco Blue says, As much as I love Iron Giant, Smog can easily beat them up just saying with the height and everything, call it Smog's Buffet. All he, all Smog has to do is just talk, and the Iron Giant will melt from his luxury, leathery, deep voice. Anyway, <laughs> so with the comments, the comments were pretty even two over each side, but in the votes themselves, um, Smog won seventy-two percent to twenty-eight percent. Really? So, wow. yeah. Okay, give it up for Smog, ladies and gentlemen, proving that dragons are still superior, but not superior to cheetahs. Moving I still on. Still need to watch Iron Giant. You, All wait, right, Manny, what's our Iron next Giant? round? No, oh, I'm not. Wait, uh, we gotta watch it. I, I bought it at one point on iTunes or whatever, but so, I didn't watch it. So oh. I wanted to bring this up as a point of discussion. Uh, usually the way the, the March Madness brackets go, you do everyone's first round, then everyone's second round, then everyone's third round. And we're just doing them one at a time. This is going to take years. <laughs> do, do, yeah, do, we're still going to be doing this when we're all like 60. Do we want to do a It's fine. Uh, do we want to do like a block of five or something, or all of those? No, like, like wait, things. what if we did a battle royale? Well, no, no, this is this it's Fortnite. We've already started the two. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think we can mess with the formula now, Benny. Oh, okay. So you want to stick to singles? All right. Yeah, singles because so, it's it's. It, we'll it, just it, have to do more podcasts now. It's okay. gripping. It's interactive. It's can't grrr. go three months between episodes again. Oh, okay. I mean, well, I mean, the way well, we'll get to it eventually. Uh, yes. So, so of course, uh, you know, I can research and talk about all of these uh, guys that they're battling. But then I realized I have two co-hosts. So, yes. uh, Quandary, uh, can you tell me who Kronos from the God of War is? Oh, man. What? Kronos? I know, I know this. Kenson, tell us who Kronos from the God of uh, War is. I've never... Kronos. Okay. Take it, Kenson. Uh, Kronos is one of the titans from is he Greek big? mythology. Yes, he's... Fuck, he's a ma- he's massive, and it's honestly one of my favorite scenes in the God of War series because he essentially is not much taller than Cronus's fingernail, like like the Wait, the, 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 the height. So the Kratos, God of War is fighting Kronos. Kratos, and, the God of War, yeah. uh, who is okay. in, in the game series. He's hu- he's normal human size because he lost his god powers and blah blah blah. But he goes to fight Kronos in God of War three, and Kratos's height. Compared to, uh, well, Kratos' height compared to Kronos is so small, Kratos is just not much bigger than the the, the size of Kronos' uh, fingernail, essentially, like thumbnail. Yeah, you're looking at that Kronos is checking in somewhere yeah. in the neighborhood of 1,600 feet tall. And it's amazing. Uh, and so it's, it's, what is that, like 270 times size difference? Mm-hmm. 270 to 1. Yep. Or something. You know what? One of my favorite, real fast, just caveat, real, uh, real fast, or tangent. Um, one of my favorite uh, comparisons 
is uh, using the fifth size of 1500 feet specifically because at that height, if we're taking the average foot size being about one sixth the height of a person, if it's male usually, uh, your paw is the size of a football field at 1500 feet. Continue. Oh. So we have, uh, they're not gods, they're titans. I have a Greek titan, Kronos, the largest titan with a foot paw apparently the size of a football field. A uh, foot paw the size of a football field, yes. Yes. H- heading <laughs> this over, introduce who Leviathan from the Final Fantasy series is. Leviathan Carter. from what? From Mass Effect? Uh, Leviathan, yeah. From Mass from, Effect? From what, though? Is that what you said, from Mass Effect? I, I, isn't that Final Fantasy series where he's from? Oh, well, well, there's Leviathans in a lot of things. I mean, there's, Leviathan there's, is... Yeah, also kind of Monster Hunter. Term. Monster Hunter also has one. <laughs> well, let's, uh, which is better, Final Fantasy or Mass Effect? Well, it's kind of a minor... not a, It's like a, a character in a DLC in Mass Effect. I don't know anything about Final Fantasy, so... Oh, okay. Well, let's go with... Let's go with Ma- uh, which one do you want to introduce? Do you know about Leviathan in Final Fantasy, Kenson? So not really, but I know something about Leviathan in Monster Hunter, and that that he's like ten thousand feet long. Did you not write down which Leviathan bit? <laughs> I, I have it written down as Final Fantasy. I know from Mass Effect. Much well, I don't later, know about that. We uh, have uh, we have the power of Google. We have we have the Reaper from Mass Effect much later. We oh, also okay. have we also have the theme, the Behemoth from Final Fantasy. Much oh later. yes, Behemoth is a daddy. Leviathan, Final Fantasy. Let's see what the internet says. I can't wait I've... to see who Behemoth goes up against. That's gonna be fun. As much this as is a get... very as much as you're a gamer, kids, and I expected you to have that. Okay, so here's the thing. Final Fantasy is one of those titles and uh, series that I just haven't really gotten into. Nobody flamed me in the comments. The worst Final dare. Fantasy game. Oh my gosh! Now we have. Hellfire coming our way. Thank you, Quandry. So, Final Fantasy VII is arguably the best one. No, uh, <laughs> but I've not played it. Yeah, I think we should pick a, a different, a different one. But Leviathan from Final Fantasy. I mean, we could just Google him. But none of us know anything about him. I'm sorry. All right, all right. All right. Fine, we're, fine. I'll, I'll read. I'll read the no, entry no, no, from no, no. the. I'll, uh, I'll take the uh, none of us. None of us know him. That's fine. We're experiencing the, some technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, but I just reordered it, and the one that matches up with Kronos now kind of makes sense. It is the Cloverfield monster. Oh yeah. See, I've never seen Cloverfield either. Okay. Okay. Cloverfield monster is an alien or a parasite or something that came from space. Spoilers. Or. <laughs> We've all seen it, Quandry. <laughs> I just said I never saw it. So I actually, just said that. So it doesn't actually go into detail as to what the creature is. It's just guesses that people have made because the movie itself is shot from the perspective of someone who has a phone and is recording things. So it's a good movie. You should see it. I didn't give I away anything. I wanted to see it. Yeah, I promise I didn't give away anything by saying that. Sure. sure. It's very cryptic. Like, very well, cryptic. It's interesting how this is lined up to the Giga... Giga monsters against each other because Cloverfield, if I remember correctly, is no, ginormous. No, he's he's about the size of Godzilla. He's like Godzilla sized, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's your regulation standard it. macro. It's not a he, is it? It's just kind of an it, right? I'm, I mean, yeah. There's not much known about the creature. You can go on the wiki, and people have probably come up with stuff. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's an alien creature essentially. Oh, oh, it's only 180 feet tall. So yeah, it's, it's it's actually smaller than Big G. It's the size of, like, a Star Wars figure to Kronos. Even Zilla from Godzilla 1998 is taller than this boy because Zilla was 234, 8 feet tall, every, roughly. In that. Every time you say Zilla from 1998, I just hear a buzzing sound as if that movie never existed. 
Oh my gosh. Fight me, Benny. <laughs> Fight me right now. In the well, arena, I, let's I, go. <laughs> look, I, I have I have no position of power to speak from on that. Are you kidding me? I'm the kind of person that remembers cartoons from the 1980s that had a giant Tom and Jerry. So That's fair. That's good stuff, too. But anyway. Uh, it was so... called The Incredible Shrinking Mouse, by the way. Yes, good episode. So the two fighters for this uh, this round are we have Kronos from God of War, and yep. we have um, the Cloverfield monster. So who do you think, loyal viewer, listener, will win? Yes, vote on the po- on the poll that's going to go up the... with this episode at uh, the Twitter account at. Size Matters Cast. Yes. Or you can email Size Matters Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And so vote that way too. Also, I'm holding up right now. I, ha- I am looming my left paw and my right paw. I'm sitting down over your city. And if you choose Cloverfield, go ahead and give my left foot paw a high five if you can reach that high. And if you are voting for Kronos, slap my right foot paw. This is just an excuse to get paw rubs. No, it's not. <laughs> on. I don't think I don't think a little like a gnat counts as a football grub. Well, I mean, if you got fellow macros in the city who can reach my beans, then that would be much appreciated. And we have you can also use that size matters podcast at gmail.com uh, email address to send in emails like this one from Rudy the Coon uh, Shane. Oh, we got an email. Says uh, hello there. I'm new to the community and really trying to get out oh. there. I found your pod through Twitter. And I love it so much. I've listened to three 2019 episodes so far. It's perfect for me to relate to all things macro, micro, yeah. and sizey. Um, I have always been really interested in media that first grabbed your attention to size difference when you were young. Uh, what was the first spark into the macro, micro world, which is something we kind of talked about uh, yeah. during this podcast. I remember personally three instances that I was obsessed at a young age. Uh, a Little Mermaid cartoon series that has Sebastian the Crab grow to epic proportions. Yes. I remember that. I remember that. I, I don't remember this. The Rugrat episode where they were all Reptar. Yes. That's also I've a good seen one. that. Also the one where Angelica's huge. And then Reptar. And especially obviously. the Little Bear episode where he keeps going bigger and bigger and ends up on the moon. Yes. Gosh. I've not what? seen that. I've seen There's still so images. many. Yeah. I don't even know what Little Bear is. So also the love- episode of Lion King, the series, where Simba gets huge. Anyway. I would love to know what all of yours are on an upcoming episode. If I, I've always been interested in what that first spark obsession was for any, anyone in the mm-hmm. community. I love following you on Twitter, too. Keep it up, Shane. Um, Thank you so me, much for writing. Oh, I wow. think I remember, I think I mentioned the Pinky and the Brain one. That's probably one of the earlier ones I can remember mm-hmm. um, when I was like five, uh, six or seven. Maybe yeah, that's the one where they resolve it by accidentally growing the planet back as big as they've become. Right? Yeah, and yeah. so they're all, they end, they end up, uh, the, it's really a segment of an episode where they're all still huge, but so is everything else. Yes, yes. So there, there's an episode of I can't remember what, can't remember what show it was now, but there was a cartoon that when I was around seven or eight years old, I remember an episode. I don't remember what it was, but it was essentially the concept was um, everything shrank, and then to make uh, or, or someone got huge or shrunk, and then to even the things out, they either grew. The universe around them, or shrunk it. I can't remember what it was, but I know so that someone got big or small, and then other things got either big or small to match it, essentially to make it. Yeah, is that what we're? Is that what this is? Or I don't know what you're talking about. You were very vague. I I I need to look it up. I'll look it up. I'll get an answer for the next episode, maybe. I remember also in young. Uh, I was big into the, the Choose Your Own Adventure books, and there was an, mm-hmm. uh, one of the earlier ones where. 
Um, one of the paths was basically outgrowing the universe. Yes, that is the preferred ending. Really? Um, so I think oh. that's maybe it was shrinking into an atom. It was one way or the other, and then I think it was outgrowing the universe, and they ended up in an mm-hmm. atom, and then we're back in the lab. So everybody already knows my first encounter with the macro kind, the big kind. And that was Godzilla. I mean, it was specifically the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Because, um... With the, Kazuki? Yes. The 1998 Godzilla movie didn't come out uh, until I was, like, six years old. So, when that happened, obviously that was my favorite thing at the time. But my first entrance into knowing that I liked Macro was uh, seeing Hanna-Barbera Godzilla crush stuff. I loved that series, and I still do. What about you, Benny? Oh, geez. Uh, for me, it would have been uh, several different cartoon scenes and some early on stuff. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a little older than you guys. Uh, transformations from The Incredible Hulk were fun. Yes. Uh, I mentioned The Incredible Shrinking Cat. I said mouse. That's wrong. <laughs> uh, that episode, I actually own uh, some animation backgrounds from. Oh, nice. Uh, that's the one where it's it's horribly animated for TV, but it's got a, a growth shrink ray, mm-hmm. and they swap back and forth. I actually didn't see King Size Canary until I was in college. Oh, really? Uh, and the growth shrink ray is it's a very rare scene. I, I point to this occasionally. I hope I haven't said it too much here. Is there's one point where Jerry teases a micro Tom and gets him stuck by actually growing him, and it's one of the few points you can point to where someone is using growth to mess with someone yes uh and that's i really liked that scene yes. uh and there's there's other stuff there's, there's so many uh there's three different tom and jerry's that have growth scenes there's all kinds of afternoon cartoons that have, you know, yep. if they have if you're a cartoon for more than a year there's a macro yep. episode and, I, and we've uh, talked about that before way back in the day oh yeah uh, about how every single cartoon it's like a trope that has to happen if you're on the air for even yeah. a season or two so. I mean, you can you can even go to TV tropes and look up. There's a trope specifically mm-hmm. about the characters are bigger, and there's there's a list below it. Uh, yep. There was a, a a Garfield episode where he has a nightmare and he ends up you know cons- ends up kaiju sized and stuff yes. like that. But uh, those those are the big ones, uh, and and just other oddball growth scenes. Like there's a wonderful cinematic growth scene in. Uh, uh, little Shop of Horrors that I didn't realize mm-hmm. was done without CGI. It's, Feed it's, me, Seymour. It, it's actually a, uh, a tr- <laughs> it's, it's a, a perspective force uh, and stuff like that. But uh, are you talking about the original cut ending? The where they? Oh, I'm talking of... about uh, the the you actually see the the plant almost outgrow the pot after the first time nice. it gets blood. Yeah, okay, in the movie, that's true. and and so... that's uh, well. There's a high correlation between things I liked and things that I could go frame by frame through on the mm-hmm. VCR that we owned as a kid. Uh, so if I didn't have a tape of it, I couldn't yeah. look at it as much. So there's so many cartoons that I could list as well, but we would be here for a while. So I think, thank you for oh. writing also, uh, was it Rudy? Uh, it was... They signed it Shane, but it was Shane. then Rudy the Coons is the Twitter. So well, thank well, Rudy, you very Shane, much for writing. Yes. Thank you for that. That was awesome. Yes. Uh, do we have any more email, Quan? No, but we can if you send email to sizematterspodcast at gmail dot com, and yeah. we will read them as long or, as they don't go into Nazi things. Or yeah, or you things. could write it on the bottom of my football. Like I said, uh, don't give me rubs. So. Uh, <laughs> On to the artist spotlight. 
Spotlight. Spotlight. Dun, Spotlight. Dun. Okay, Kenson. Yes. You're I'm ready. Spots. You're full of spots. So who are you spotting? It's true. I am the sp- I am the one who spots. So, uh, my artist spotlight this time around is I think it's Shingbai. It's spelled Q I N G B A I on Fur Affinity. So furaffinity.net forward slash user forward slash Shingbai. They are pretty new to Fur Affinity. Uh, they joined in September of last year, uh, late September. And their stuff is wonderful. They do a lot of Vore, which their mall shots, uh, their most recent one, is very well done. Um, they are from China. And I think they've been taking commissions here and there. Um, they're not open currently. But their stuff has uh, immediately caught my attention. I found them a few weeks ago. And I gave them a watch literally as soon as I found them. Um, so I definitely recommend giving them a look and throwing them your money if if and when they open especially if you like big juicy delicious uh moths and all that nice so what about you quan i go last it's minnie's turn no it's quan's turn i'll go i will honor the i'll honor the panda so uh i actually was i was i had a bunch of different folks i was looking at and then i realized i don't think this person's been highlighted and I don't think they themselves do a lot of their art. Of course, they gain it from other places. But I, have we ever highlighted King Dead? Uh, not really, because they I don't know. Don't, they're not really an artist. Or... I, I'm going to actually I highlight King Dead Wolf on Twitter or just King Dead Yay. on Fur Affinity. Because they have such a wonderful character concept. It's, of course, a macro superhero. And shenanigans happen everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they gather such wonderful art. I have found several artists from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's nice to see just an entire concept that is followed, that they are so diligent on it. It's a fun concept of the, the superhero that occasionally has inept problems, uh, tripping over things or uh-huh. growth spurts. Uh, and like they recently got some artwork from uh, the Blue Bear that has them at a press conference accidentally outgrowing their uniform slightly. Uh, and it's just... It's, I think that deserves a highlight. Just someone that is very good at gathering together an entire series of art and okay. information around a really cool character. I mean, hey, I, I see what you mean. So uh, sort of a collaborator or like an ambassador or something who just kind yeah. of brings about content. Oh, yeah. And, and they, they are adding their own twist to it. It's not just a raw yeah. posting of images. Yeah, King and... Did has a really, really unique uh, way of playing around with Macro Micro. So... Yeah, he gets into shenanigans a lot, and I have been both a villain and a, and a uh, a hero alongside him. And there's things. everything from like you know just seven foot tall, clear up to planet sized, and mm-hmm. so just just scroll through their backlog and look at artists that they've commissioned. His know? power is being Adora Big. <laughs> That's a all right. All right, your turn, Quan. You're batting up last. Time to clean. Okay, up. Um, so I'm going to spotlight Labov. L A B O V. Um, they are uh, at Labov Art on Twitter or furfinity.net slash user slash, uh, I think that's just Labov. Oh, yeah, Labov. Um, so they are, from what I can tell, fairly new. It looks like their, their Twitter account was just from November of last year. And their oh, cool. FA account, at least their first drawing, um, is only about four months old. And you can definitely see, if you look through their gallery on FA, a big uh, change in, like a, 
like uh, definitely a growth as an artist as far as like going from their early stuff, which is still cute, but kind of basic up to their their later stuff, which uh, um, they did that one of their art for a month ago. For hey, uh, we like big and growth here, so it's a good thing. Northy bat interrupting me. Uh, no, um, ah, that was really really uh, good, and I think that they have a lot of room to grow too. They can continue uh, becoming huh. if, if they can do all that in four months. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh how much more they can mature as an artist and make even better stuff so follow them on twitter uh at uh labov l-a-b-o-v art or on fur affinity username is labov grow baby grow uh what how do you spell their name on fa again l-a-b-o-v l-a-b-o-v v is in victor got it i am and on that note that brings us to the end of our show. We finished it. We did it. That's our show. Now Yay. get, edited. Now get out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not how it ends. Oh. Oh, but it usually ends with a stomp. Uh, I don't remember how it ends. Here we go. It ends it, with it me saying something. Oh, yeah. Kenson so, saying... It's been so That's all, folks. Yes. It ends in me saying goodnight and big pause, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, so send that stuff in and vote, and I probably should not cover my mouth when I'm trying to Like and subscribe phone. and donate to us on Patreon. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I never did anything with that Patreon. Anyway, good night, big pause, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Send email. Woo! Lately I've taken to vacantly making repetitive movements mistakenly seen as